well. I'm really glad that we invested some money in um, the roof. Uh, was it last year or whenever? Because I think if we hadn't, our praise might have blown the ceiling off. Wasn't that absolutely fantastic? And in many ways, it's really straightforward to sing our praises and make those incredible declarations when we're in this safe space of church. Uh, we're going to talk about turning the church a little bit more inside out. And this morning, as we talk about mission, we're going to be thinking about how we make the kind of declarations with the power and the strength and the wonder, <laughs> not in this room, although it's important we do it in this room, but actually out in the world in which we live. So we're going to turn to some verses in Matthew's Gospel. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, if you haven't got um, Bible on your phone or, or tablet or whatever, there are Bibles at the back there. I'm using the large print because I forgot my glasses this morning. And you will find our reading on page, how many zeros? A thousand. Nice round number. And then we're going to go on to a thousand and one. How pleasing is that? So... Let's have a look at these verses. Page 1000, um, a bit of context. Jesus has been crucified. Jesus has come back to life. Jesus is about to leave his disciples and return home to his heavenly home with God. And before this happens, the disciples are given some instructions. So we're going to read um, Matthew 28, and we're starting at verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So, Jesus asks his friends to meet him at a mountain place, and they show up. Most of them are delighted to see him. The passage says they worshipped him, but others were a little less certain. In the message paraphrase, it says some held back, not sure about worship, about risking themselves totally. And I guess we might have some sympathy for the disciples' reactions here. It's been a roller coaster of events. Death on the cross, an empty tomb, breakfast on the beach with a man that they thought was dead, and here he is, clearly alive. Whatever next. That's perhaps the question in the hearts in the minds of those that are holding back. What's next? I'm not sure about risking myself totally 
anymore. And then as though it's as though Jesus knows what they're thinking, Jesus tells them exactly what's next. This is my paraphrase. Guys, you've seen the authority of God in my life. Healing those who were sick, changing the lives of those who'd not got much going for them, forgiving people caught up in guilt and shame, calling people into a new way of living. Now it's your turn. That's what Jesus says. You've seen me do it. Now it's your turn. It's up to you to continue to do what I've been doing. It's not an optional extra. I've got it on God's authority. This is what you need to do. That's kind of what Jesus is saying in those few verses. And I wonder how those that were holding back reacted to those words. Maybe they went, yay, now we know what's next. We're all in. Or maybe they went, what? And took another two steps. And as we've heard those verses and we've heard um, my paraphrase of Jesus saying, it's not an optional extra, this is what you must do, I wonder whether you've gone, yay, I'm all in. Or whether you've taken a couple of steps back. The question I want to uh, ask us today is, do we throw ourselves into the mission of God or do we hold back a little? Do we take risks unreservedly or are we unsure about risking ourselves totally? Now, for those of you that um, use Lectio 365, you might remember a couple of years, a couple of weeks ago even, Sarah Yardley opened the Tuesday morning devotional with a question. What is it we hope to do with our one wild and precious life? And whatever we might think of that question, however we might respond to that question, what is it we hope to do with our one wild and precious life? I think Jesus would say to us, it's got to include those verses at the end of Matthew 28. I think what Jesus would want us to say is our hope for our one wild and precious life includes going out and training people far and near and in the way of life, Jesus, you have shown us. But sometimes we're unsure about risking ourselves totally in doing this. And so the question has to be, why do we hold back? And including, uh, according to some Christian blogger, and I didn't make a note of their name, apologies, the 10 most common reasons for not sharing our faith are, I don't know how, I'm afraid of rejection, it's not my job, evangelism is awkward, I'm not ready for the hard questions, my life doesn't match my message, Christianity has a stigma. I don't know how to naturally bring it up. It doesn't seem that important. I don't want to be made fun of. And this morning, I'm not going to directly challenge any 
of those responses or excuses. But I do want to share a story, and I do want to throw out a couple of challenges. When we were still wondering whether to come to TBC or not, so I'm going back um, over eight years ago now, um, I had real doubts as to whether I could do the job that was on offer here. And I had a dream one night, and that reflected my questions and my doubts. I was walking along a road in Harefield. I had a bunch of people following me, only I didn't know where I was going, and I felt afraid. I was completely out of my depth. What on earth was I trying to do? And as these feelings swept over me in my dream, I realized there was someone up ahead. Jesus was there, and all I had to do was to follow. Back then, Jesus asked his disciples to trust him, and he asks the same of us today as we trust him and we go out and share our faith. And I still don't know where I am going when it comes to mission. I still get afraid. I still feel out of my depth, but I still trust that Jesus is going ahead of me. So here's the challenge. Some of you might have recognized yourself in those excuses. I definitely saw myself in some of them. But I want to encourage you to go online or have a word with me at the end of the service. And on the 11th of April, join me here for a session called Turning Ordinary Conversations into spiritual ones. It's a session I did last year, and those that came enjoyed it. Um, if you can't make the date, maybe you want to invite me to come along to your small group, and I'll run it there. There's also an event happening at Above Bar Church on the 26th of March, and I've just got a little bit of information here. Eve's already mentioned the LICC, and there's a guest speaker. He'll be really good running a, an evening called Communicating the Gospel in the Workplace. If you don't know how, or you're afraid, or you're unsure, or any of those other excuses, we can go along and meet other people that are afraid, unsure, and, and have the same reasons for feeling unconfident, inconfident, lacking in confidence, whatever the right word is. So that's the challenge. Come along and share with others and let's learn together. Now you might say, I don't need that. I'm just like Isaiah. Isaiah, when God said, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Speaks up and says, I'll go. Send me. But it's most likely that we feel like some of the other Bible characters that we could think of that were a little less comfortable in doing this. Like Moses, I'm not good with words. Jeremiah, I'm too young. Gideon, show me another sign. Or Jonah, the people of Nineveh aren't worth it and I'm just going to jump on a boat and head in the opposite direction. Even if you identify with those characters more than you do so with Isaiah, the good news is 
But God met each of them in the middle of their reasons for not doing whatever it was he was asking them to do. And they went off and did it, even Jonah. When we feel out of our depth, God is already there. So whether we're keen or whether we're hesitant, whether we're confident or whether we're cautious, Jesus asks us to go. He says, get out there. Mix with people that haven't yet got an understanding of what the Christian faith is all about. Jesus says, go. He says, get out there. Talk to those who've been hurt by the church and bring about their healing. Mix with those that have got out of the habit of going to church and encourage them to return. Jesus says, go, get out there. Engage with those whose lives are difficult, complicated, messy. Mix with those who might be very like us or might be very different to us because in that way, we demonstrate that the kingdom of God is open for everyone. Jesus asks us to take a fresh look at how we respond to his call to mission in 2024. I want to tell you another story. Three or four weeks ago, in the course of a conversation with somebody, I said something, and I can't remember what it was I said, but their response was, do you pray? And so I said, yeah. And so they then said, does it work? What a fabulous question. What a fabulous question. Because I got a chance to talk about what I was talking to God about that week and how I could see signs of him at work. It wasn't the most dramatic story I could have told. It wasn't the best story I've got because some of my best stories, if I'm honest, are really quite old. And it wasn't a completed story with a solid ending. I simply talked about what God is doing in the right here and the right now. It was honest and it was real. And I think they were satisfied, if nothing else, with the level of authenticity around that. And sharing story is the most missional tool we have. It's powerful, it's effective, but my friends, it needs to be up to date. It needs to be today's story, not yesteryear. And so I want to throw another challenge out to us because God is doing something new every day, isn't he? Yeah, isn't he doing something new every day? So here's the question, but it's really two. When was the last time you told a faith story and how old was it? When was the last time you shared a faith story and how old was it? Do our God stories reflect what God is doing in our lives right here 
and right now, or have they become old? Yesterday's God new, good news instead of today. And I think that people appreciate real over dramatic. You know, we might have a fantastically dramatic story that's 35 years ago, but people appreciate the real. And I think people appreciate um, recent over history. And for our stories to be real, we need to be engaging with God every single day. So I've got some really basic discipleship questions to throw out. The first one is this. Do you talk to God about stuff? Do you talk to God about stuff? If so, what are you talking to him about right now? And are you listening to what he might be saying or looking for what he might be doing by way of answer? Do you talk, about God's, do you talk to God about stuff? And are you doing it right now? When you listen to the Bible or you read the Bible, depending on how you go to the Bible daily, are you listening out for how God is speaking to you into your life right now? And are you letting it change what you do? I'm wading through Exodus at the moment. We've done the water and now we're doing the rules. And I read this morning about um, one of the social responsibility sections. Um, I can't remember where it was. It was in Exodus anyway. And it's the bit that you all are so familiar with. It's the bit that says, if you see somebody's ox and it's wandered up the road, bring it back or at least tell the neighbor. You know, it's that, that, that passage. You all know it so well, I don't need to explain it. So I was walking up the road this morning and I thought, that's weird. The traffic lights were bleeping and there was nobody at them. And it was the pedestrian crossing. And then I walked up a little bit further, slowly, because I'm old. And I heard it bleeping again. And I thought, that's weird, because there's still nobody at the traffic lights. And as I walked a bit further, I'm also a bit deaf, so I didn't hear it outside here. I thought, that's really weird. It's only been a few seconds. And that's cars had to stop. It's bleeping again. Poor. That's going to cause chaos on Monday, isn't it? And I carried on walking up the road. And then I thought, oh, if you see somebody's ox and it's wandered off, you need to do something about it, don't you? So when I got here, the first thing I had to do was my social responsibility thing. The first thing I had to do, something that I've never done before, is report a traffic light that I think might be playing up. That's what I mean by reading the Bible and allowing it to talk right into your life in the here and the now. Are you letting the Bible change what you do? My third question, do you talk to God about stuff? When you read your Bible, do you let it actually change what you do? The third one is, are you part of a small group? And if you are, in your small group, do you get to talk about what God is doing in your life, in the ordinary and in the extraordinary? 
You might be sharing the problems and the issues of the week, but are you talking about what God is doing and how God is meeting you in those moments? Small groups are such a safe place to share story, but small groups are not the place where stories need to stay. Our small group isn't the bank vault. Yeah, do you get it? We're not locking up our stories in small groups. They're the rehearsal ground for when we're out in the world and given those opportunities to share our space. Share our space, share our stories. So a couple of really simple, basic, mission-related questions. When was the last time you had a conversation with anybody about God that helped them understand more about who he is and how much he loves the world? You might talk about church, but when was the last time you talked about God? How much he loves the world that he's created. My second question is, when was the last time a conversation that you had with somebody flowed into an invitation? Hey, why don't you come and find out for yourself? John Piper, the American theologian, author and church leader, you can see I went to wiki, um, Speaking on world mission says this, there are only three kinds of Christians when it comes to world missions. Zealous goers, zealous senders, and disobedient. May God deliver us from disobedience. Now he's talking about world mission, but I think we can translate that into our daily conversations we have about God. Which are you? Zealous goers, zealous senders, or disobedient? And we could maybe put different words in there, zealous sharers. And I'm not talking about being insensitive, but keen, passionate, excited to do this. Zealous senders, maybe we're prayers. Maybe we are pleading and praying for the mission stuff, you know, the missional stuff we do here. Maybe we're zealous prayers, passionate prayers, that the church will be immobilized. Or are you disobedient? So, fresh mission for 2024. Examine your relationship with God. Are you engaging with him every day? And if you're unsure how to do that, Talk to somebody that you trust if you want a bit of guidance. Think about the last time you shared an up-to-date story about what God is doing in your life. And when was the last time you invited someone to church or a church event? The question is, does something need to change? I... Um, I was glad that Eve mentioned the on-purpose um, devotional stuff because it's really good. It's really, really good. If you haven't signed up for it, 
I'd really encourage you to do it. One of them earlier this week struck me, and this is a vision um, as to what life could look like if we were out there sharing the good news of Jesus or praying for those that are sharing the good news of Jesus and then doing our bit when we have the chance to do it. And I'm just going to read it. Um, I just printed it off a few moments before the service started because I was hoping there might be time to share it. If all your prayers for your local community were answered, what might you see as you walked about? You might find children playing in a beautifully maintained park, elderly people enjoying good company and younger adults exercising in clean air. What, would you, what wouldn't you find? No litter. Perhaps also no food banks. There'd be no sense of danger. In short, people would be safe with all their needs met. They'd have the opportunity to flourish, whatever their age or stage. This is a picture of Shalom, and that's what the, the particular morning was about. On the surface, it means peace, but its true meaning is so much deeper, so much richer than merely the absence of violence. Our ideal community is safe, yes, but it's also fair and just and nurturing to the souls of all who call it home. Jeremiah, uh, it goes on a little bit, uh, it, it was um, looking at Jeremiah and the author of this says, Jeremiah is making it plain, do not hide yourself away. Do not hide yourself away. Be an active member of society. Contribute. Do whatever you can to make your surroundings more like that picture of ultimate community. And that includes speaking about Jesus. Because it's only Jesus that can really transform the communities that we live in. The question they ask is, where in your life might you be tempted to disengage rather than be an agent of shalom. So let's, let's pray, let's stand. Father, many of us find the footsteps of Jesus to be very big footprints to even try and fill. And many of us find the idea of speaking like Jesus just too powerful a voice for us to be able to replicate. And Lord, many of us feel that our courage is far too small compared to the boldness that Jesus had. Forgive us, God, when we see our response to your call as just being our response. God, I pray that we will know that you will fill the footsteps with us and you will empower our voice with us and you will fill our hearts with courage so that together we can do this. So, Father, we want to offer ourselves to you today <coughs> to go where you want us to go, 
to have the conversations that you want us to have and to be bold enough so that our families, our communities, our workplaces, our neighborhoods might be changed for good because we are able with you to be the speakers and the doers and the demonstrators of your good news. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.